0: This is Cambridge Judge Business School's Online Knowledge Centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. The activities of journalists and executives of the now defunct Sunday tabloid, the News of the World, plus the paper's owners, News International, are currently being investigated by Scotland Yard. The behaviour of the police themselves is also being examined, prompting the resignation of senior officers. The phone hacking scandal and associated allegations have attracted interest across the world, a reflection of the global activities of News International and News Corporation. Professor Simon Deakin of Cambridge Judge Business School insists that the key issue at the heart of the controversy is one of corporate governance. Among the recurring themes in their responses to MPs' questions by Rupert and James Murdoch and Rebecca Brooks was that they did not know that they were unaware of what was going on. Does Professor Deakin actually buy that?
1: I think we, we should take it face value, at least for the time being, what they've said. And if they say they, they didn't know that these illegal acts were being committed and that they didn't condone them, then that's fine. But that's not the end of the story as far as corporate governance is concerned. If they didn't know, then the question is, why didn't they know? Um, then there's a further question. Clearly, at some stage, they did they did find out. And the question then is, if they found out after the event that crimes had been committed, what did they then do about it to limit the risk of reputational harm to the company? That in itself begs a number of questions
0: and takes you down different paths, doesn't it?
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I think the, the issue here is, first of all, when precisely were certain corporate officers informed of events or risks to the company which could, could very seriously harm its reputation? What did they then do? What what steps did they take to limit the recurrence of these events? What internal investigations did they mount? Then there's a set of of further questions about the role of the board of News Corp and and of its, certain of its subsidiaries like News International. Did the board of directors in these companies put in place effective internal control mechanisms? In other words, had they put in place procedures which would have enabled them to have managed this risk better than they seem to have done?
0: Is it fair, do you think, to expect the members
1: of a board to
0: know everything that is going on?
1: It's not... I I think, possible for either the chief executive or for an ordinary board member to know everything which goes on inside a company. So what the law says is that the directors of a company have the initial responsibility for for managing it, but they can delegate that responsibility to particular officers and employees. And in practice, the board does do that. In nearly every case, the board will delegate the, the function of management. The job of the board then is to oversee management. And it can't do that unless the board properly informs itself about, about what is going on. So the principal duty of the board is to, is to put in place mechanisms for evaluating and dealing with risk. And this must be the major question now facing the, board of, the boards of these companies. Were the procedures in place to deal with these risks effectively? And when they did receive information about possible illegalities, did they take the right steps? You mentioned several times the word risk, and this is really what it's about, isn't it? Mm. Right. So, so the, the the issue here is a reputational risk to a company like News International. Clearly, a, a company like that, which operates in the media industries, can operate most effectively when it enjoys support and goodwill from the wider population, where what it does is accepted by by regulators as being legitimate, and where one might also say it enjoys some broad support in the political class of any given country for what it's doing. So a company like that can't operate without maintaining its reputation in these various ways. Clearly, what's come out in the case of News International has very badly affected its reputation. So we see that in the decline in the company's share price. But more generally, the question mark would be going forward... Um, will News International be able to maintain its existing activities? Um, it's already withdrawn, News Corps has withdrawn its bid for um, B Sky B. But will News Corp and the companies within the News Corp group continue to be able to operate in the way they have done in a number of different media contexts? Because very often they require regulatory licenses and other. Uh, supports to do what they do. Now, clearly, if it turns out that that senior officers of these companies committed crimes, there's no evidence yet that they did, but if they did, if if, if very senior executives are involved in criminal activity, that will affect the ability of the company to hold its relevant licences. Going forward, more generally, the question would be, if the company as a whole is implicated in criminal activity, will it be able to maintain the sort of public trust it requires to, to, to operate and to function?
0: The answer to that one is fairly straightforward, isn't it?
1: I think they have to maintain that trust. So at the moment, the job of the executives and the job of the board is to, I would say, to to convince the public at large that they, um, they did deal with these issues appropriately and at the right time. They did all they could do to avoid illegality, and once they found out about it, they dealt with it. So why didn't they know before? Well, it, it's possible, of course, that within, let's say, within the news of the world, it would appear that there was let's say, a certain culture of very aggressively pursuing the story on the part of journalists, right? So the the current position of the executives in, in News International is that they always encourage their journalists to get the story, and the paper was competing with lots of other newspapers, so they're competing to get the story, but the executives have said they never condoned illegality, right? Okay, the next question then is, I think, for these these executives and for the board of that company, don't you think there was a significant risk that the journalists would break the law to get these stories? Now, it appears to be the case that, not just in uh, at the news of the world, but in a number of, of newspapers, it's been alleged that there was a culture of um, bending the rules, pushing the law as far as you could, and maybe sometimes breaking the law to get a story. Right? So if this was the case inside these companies... Why didn't the executives know about it? And were, were they willfully turning a blind eye to what was, in effect, often illegal activity in order to boost the profits of the paper? That becomes an important issue. If the profits of the company are in some way tied in with behaviour or conduct which touches on illegality, that's, that's a serious issue for the board because the board cannot be seen to condone uh, an approach to business Um, which inevitably involves illegality, even if it doesn't actually condone the illegality as such. If it transpires that they did break the law, that indeed they were at fault, what penalties do they face? So it all depends what we're talking about. Clearly, um, individual journalists who... Um, intercepted voicemail messages, commit crimes um, under the um, the Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act. And some of those journalists have have already been convicted of offences under that act. Now, those those journalists committed crimes, and people who did something similar, who intentionally intercepted um, voicemail messages, they are potentially liable to to criminal conviction. Okay, the the company itself won't commit a crime unless somebody very senior within the organisation, a so-called directing mind, can be taken to have been responsible for condoning or approving these activities. So at the moment, given what we know, it seems unlikely, although this all depends on what comes out later, it seems unlikely at the moment that the company itself would commit a crime. If the company commits a crime, then a director of, of a company or a senior manager of a company under this legislation to do with the interception of um, telecommunications, may also commit a crime if they either assisted the crime or condoned it, or in some cases if they were willfully neglectful of the possibility of a crime okay so we've a very very long way to go i think before we can establish that there may be criminal liability on the part of news international and a very long way to go before a director or an officer of the company would by virtue of that corporate criminal liability also commit a crime but these these are possibilities another possibility is that the individual directors of Um, a company can be sued in a civil action, that is is to say for damages. This doesn't involve criminal liability, but they can be sued for damages if by their neglect they cause loss to the company. So there the issue is, were either the executive directors of News International, or conceivably News Corp, or maybe the non-executive directors, um, did they neglect their duty, did they breach their so-called duty of care, to the extent that unhappy shareholders can bring an action against them for damages, That's much more likely under US law, because it's much easier for shareholders to sue in the US than it is here. But this would be a possibility in the case of of News Corp, for example, which is a US-listed and US-incorporated company.
0: Do you think that as a result of all all these investigations, and it could take many months and possibly even years to get to the bottom of what's been going on, do you think there could be a, a fundamental change or just a basic change to
1: corporate governance
0: as we know it today.
1: So I think the the really interesting issue here, as we've been discussing, is why didn't the board know? And this points to the importance of internal audit and internal controls within a company and to the very great importance of boards making sure that companies don't break the law but also don't pursue business strategies which raise a significant risk of either criminal or civil liability. And this isn't, isn't the only case of this kind. Um, there have been other recent cases, uh, the BP case is one, where in that case civil liability but also reputational harm arose as part of a particular um, a, a business strategy which, which essentially involved a very great risk of, of harms of that sort occurring in return for a particular competitive position or possibility of profits that the company was, was pursuing. So what corporate governance is really directing us to think about here is where the board strikes a balance between risk taking for profit on the one hand and balancing these different interests on the other hand and having regard to the long-term interests of the shareholders in in maintaining the company's reputation
0: professor simon deakin thank you very much <laughs>
1: This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.